everybody, and hello, humans. Welcome to the Not A Robot DC Comics Review Show, where we review new DC comic releases every week. My name's Josh, and with me, as always, is Anthony. How you guys doing this week? We're everywhere you listen to podcasts, so link up to your favorite podcast platform at campsite.bio forward slash not a robot and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcasts for early and additional content. We're also on Twitter. I'm at not a robot show and Anthony is at Walt Gator 93. Give us a follow and we will follow you right on back. You can send us some show mail in and we will respond to it on the show or off the show. If you prefer that's at not a robot podcasts at gmail.com. Now this is the part of the show where we go over our Twitter polls and our show mail. But before we do, uh, let's start off with that Not A Robot Army roll call. Of course, our very first patron um, has from uh, our very first patron from Patreon has subscribed, so that has kicked off the Not A Robot Army roll call. And the first and only so far member present for the Not A Robot Army roll call is Weird Science Jim. Again, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate you for subscribing. He's subscribing at the $10 a month uh, level, which gives him access to not just early releases of our podcast, but also gives him the right to vote on anything that we're deciding in the Patreon. He gets to pick story arcs once a month for us to do. And uh, he's a full-on member of the Not A Robot Army. So thanks oh, yeah. a lot, Jim. We appreciate thanks, that. Jim. Uh, sign up and show us that you just might be human after all and join the Not A Robot Army at patreon.com forward slash Not A Robot Podcasts. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to those Twitter polls. Uh, we each threw one up this week. Uh, mine first was uh, Rachel Ghoul is essentially a mega wealthy eco-terrorist with assassins at his command. With Poison Ivy's heel turn, how cool would that be for a team-up? And your options were no way, could be cool, sure, but only if it's Black Label, and hell yeah. And man, was this close, Anthony. Did you see the numbers oh, yeah. on this? Man, second place and third place tied. Second place and third place tied. Apparently, my idea was a very popular uh, no way one with 33%. I guess uh, not a lot of people were looking to see that team up. I thought it would be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, they're different kinds of characters, so it would be neat to see them interact, I think. Uh, could be cool. Only had 13% with sure, but only black label and hell yeah, each getting 27. Maybe I should have combined those two and my idea would have won. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, that was the poll from me this week. Anthony, what was yours going on? My poll was... Uh, now, Hanna-Barbera, they've released two um, movies, um, both um, Scooby-Doo and The Flintstones. Both have sequels. Now, I'm wondering what movie should get a third live-action film more to finalize their trilogy. We have Scooby-Doo. And we have the Flintstones. 
All right. Well, I went Scooby Doo all the way on that quiz. So, uh, what 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 did the Twitter out there? What did the uh, Twitter fans out there tell us? Unlike yours, mine was nowhere close to be um tied because I was actually watching this two at times, just seeing where people were on vote. And for the longest time, Flintstones was getting nothing at all. But thankfully, my guess is either one or two people voted uh, for Flintstones because we've got 94% Scooby-Doo and 6% Flintstones. Yeah, I think that means uh, (laughs) Scooby's got the much larger fan base, that is for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, me personally, I mean, I uh, like I mentioned uh, on that poll, I think it would be really neat to see the uh, like a, a, a live action version of the Zombie Island. Oh, that's one of my favorite ones too. Zombie Island and Return to Zombie Island are m- my two favorite Scooby Doo movies. See, I've yet to see the um, sequel. Like, I I was excited about it, and then I just like forgot all about it. And I gotta go is... find it somewhere and watch oh, it. I know it's Scooby Doo, but man, I like it. It's fun, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I had mentioned on there in the comments that uh, it would be really cool to see an older version of Mystery Inc. Mm-hmm. And I'm only suggesting that because I would love for Matthew Lillard to come back and be Shaggy again. Just that, the passion he had for that role was amazing. Man, he, yeah, I mean, he just you know he played it so well. Mm-hmm. But, um, all right, I guess that's enough about Scooby-Doo and Mystery, Inc. You guys, uh, you want to get up onto the show there, Anthony? Of course. All right, Let's well, this week we will these be... These big re- books. The, uh, the, all these huge <laughs> books. We had so <laughs> very many. <laughs> Game changers, too. Yeah, oh, big time. Um, note the sarcasm in our voices. <laughs> Deceased Hope at World's and number 11, Justice League number 54, Young Justice number 19, and Batman number 100 are the books that we will be covering this week. And we're going to start things out with Deceased Hope at World's End 11, priced at 99 cents, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Danielle Di Nicuolo and uh, Rex Locus, letters by Seda Temofante, and cover by Di Nicuolo and Locus. John and Damien and Cassie are in a fight for their lives as the anti-life army has made landfall on their little island of survivors. Can the junior Trinity hold off tens of thousands of the infected long enough to evacuate? Well, um, tens of thousands isn't quite right because it's more like million. Um, yeah. It's a whole damn country of, of the infected led by black Adam and also Hawkman who seems to have been left out of this for some yeah, reason. We didn't get much of him at all. No, he got, he got turned and then that was it. And I didn't see any of him in it. Um, I don't even think that he was represented in the art. Of course, I'll double check when I'm going back through here, but uh, I, I, I don't remember seeing him at all. He's in one panel, him flying in, it looks like, which is kind of sad because it would have been cool to see him against like um, him going up against like Blue Beetle and um, Cassie Ooh, or would be two of the kids or something because like, at least it's an action scene that we just missed. We could have watched, but no. 
Yeah, I just I feel like I feel like Hawkman got underplayed, and that is one of my issues with this. Um, but that said, we are at uh, on Nantucket, and um, there's about twenty thousand people that were here with the kids, um, basically being isolated for protection from the infected. And Black Adam and his million-strong army, uh, with the assistance of Nightshade, basically just teleport to Nantucket. Who knows why they were able to, uh, how how they knew that that's where they were. But they do seem to be drawn to the living. So um, it would only make sense that they knew where there was a big gathering of the living, you know. Um, the kids being Superboy, Wonder Girl, Blue Beetle. There's also Black Manta, Batman, who's Damien, and Robin, who's Stephanie Brown, and Talia Al Ghul. That's the uh, that's the good guys that are left. Adam Smasher was there, but he had a hole blown through him uh, through him by Black Adam in the last issue. Black Adam shot through him like a bullet, and now Adam Smasher is is uh infected oh batman informs superboy to uh ignore adam smasher because black adam is the biggest threat he's got to you know uh, superboy's the only one that can take him on so he's gonna have to take care of him which makes sense too he shouldn't be adam smasher he is tall enough but the most the most powerful of them all is Black Adam, no doubt about that. He's, as my opinion, he's as powerful as Superman. I mean, yeah, Black Adam's just, or er, mm-hmm. excuse me, Black Adam. Uh, Adam Smasher essentially is just a giant. There's nothing more to him than that, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, right? No, yeah, that's all he is, basically is. All right, so the the rest of the team, they break up, uh, taking on different tasks. Black Manta gets the jo- the uh, the joy of taking on Atom Smasher, and everyone else is trying to break off and get people out into the boat so they can evacuate the island. And um, you know they're they're doing everything that they can. Batman and Talia and and Robin are fighting the undead, trying to get the people safe, and uh, that's when Atom Smasher is about to take out the the uh, more human part of the team uh batman robin and talia and uh cassie and superboy jump in the way just in time to grab his fist and start pushing them pushing them off uh it's funny because uh prior to superboy showing up just in time it wasn't superboy that actually tried to save them first it was stephanie brown she jumped in the way, tried to move them out of the way of a gigantic fist coming to smash them down. It definitely wouldn't have worked, but she tried. And uh, she earns a bit of respect from Talia here <laughs> because of that. Which is the best part, too. She's it's like, it. wow, I think you. Wait, what did you think of me before? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, Cassie and John are lifting um or uh, lifting his hand up and away from everybody pushing his hands and fingers open and um protecting the the people 
and Adam Smasher, we see a shadow crossing across Cassie, Wonder Girl. And she says, oh, no. And then in the next panel, we see their hand smash. Um, they're okay, though, because we can tell next in, in the next panel, when you turn the page, they're just fine. John tells Cassie to keep flying. And then we see them lifting him up into the air. Oh, so they're making him fly. Gotcha. I thought it was him jumping. No, like, the, they're making, jumping? yeah, they're making him fly. And then they kick his hands away because Adam Smasher obviously doesn't want to, doesn't want to fall. I mean, he's infected. He's not retarded. You know, he's, <laughs> um, so, uh, he, he opens his hands after they kick him apart. And it says like the old saying goes, the bigger they are, the larger the wave that create when they drop into the ocean. We see Jimmy Olsen going, oh, come on. And uh, we're told the wave takes out both the anti-living and the living alike. And that's when Black Adam takes his minute to attack. Uh, the sky lights up with electricity. And um, it looks like a lightning bolt is about to come down and hit the ground. And right in time... We see a boy catch lightning. Superboy, thankfully, is the one who does it. Unfortunately, it does ricochet off of him, and poor little Jimmy loses an eye. Yeah, he has to die. Like I feel it's just weird how he got struck by lightning and the eye, and he's like, yes, he's hurt, but he's still alive. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's people who have definitely survived lightning strikes before, so... I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, that didn't throw me off too much. Well, also, he's also standing in water, though, too. I mean, that is true, but everybody is. <laughs> um, who knows? I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can just say that Superman was able to absorb so much that it, mm -hmm. it was a but minimal amount that went impact. over there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Superboy, obviously, uh, a little worn out from what just happened he says uh, cassie asks if he's okay and he says well it didn't tickle and we see smoke coming from jimmy's face uh, superboy runs over and jimmy warns him to look out and that's when he gets tackled and i mean tackled by black adam black adam is just he's first he's burying him underwater cassie uh and and batman tried to get black adam off of superboy but with one throw, he's able to whip both of those people through the air. And, um, man, I tell you, because this is Tom Taylor and I'm not, I'm not fucking with you because this is Tom Taylor. Like it, for me to audibly out loud react to a comic book, it's gotta be, well, I mean, really any kind of medium. But uh, it, but it's it's got to be something, man. It's got to be something. Definitely not something I was expecting. And I even though I I've read the other side of this story, um, where where John is alive and everything is good, mm -hmm. I read this caption here, and I out loud I went no, <laughs> because I was so into the story, um, with his last breath. John screamed for his father and you see heat vision coming out and blasting away at black Adam while he yells dad. And 
I was like, no, because I thought John, I, I wasn't even putting two to two together because I was so into it. And um, the next page or the next panel, even on that same page, it does say uh, half a world away. Clark heard his son cry out. And now, because this is Tom Taylor, I thought he was going to die. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was going to if, if that, um, That's what I'm saying. It's like, even yeah. though I know that he's alive in, in later on in the story already because of mm-hmm. Dead Planet, even though, because, mm-hmm. even though I know that, I still, I, I, I still fell for it. I thought he yeah. was going to die right here. I was like, oh, my God. And then I feel like an idiot afterwards, of course, because I'm a dumbass. I'm like, I've read that fucking book where he's... <laughs> He's basically, you know, he's one of the leaders of, of you know, what's left. Yeah, like, I forgot <laughs> that he was alive, too. And I was like, oh, was, my God, even, this is what he would do. He would kill off a kid. Even, and that that is, um, that is, uh, that's how good the writing is. Yeah. You know, I mean, flat out, there's not a, but another way to say it. Even though I knew that he was already, even though I knew he was going to be okay, I still got sucked into thinking that something might happen to him. And then, okay, so the next page is the last page, and we see, and Superman appeared far faster than a speeding bullet, far more powerful than a locomotive, and very, very protective. Mm-hmm. And that's we see uh Superman knocking the shit out of Black Adam with one hit and he's just, just one punch standing there in front of John. It says next, Clash of the Titans. So I'm assuming there's a whole lot more punches coming. Um there better be. We got the uh oh, I can imagine he, like, he's standing the, there. Pages. He's standing there in the bring it on pose, you know. I mean he's got his his fist clenched, his eyes are glowing red. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of that, did I don't know how much you get on Twitter, how much you're yes. following the creators, but did I you saw. see all the hate that Doc Shaner got over over saying that he's tired of seeing glowing red eyes? Wasn't that, that absolutely ridiculous? I hate with a passion. Whenever a creator puts their opinions on it, if someone doesn't agree with them, they get hacked. I'm like, are you kidding me? They can just say what they want to say without being attacked. He didn't bash or anything. He just said a just an opinion. Okay, it wasn't a big one too. He just said his two cents. Nobody had to jump jump down, jump down his throat. And unfortunately, now of course the Snyder cult does do some good things. However, there are some things that they do that goes a little bit too far at times, like attacking creators because they don't have the same opinions. I've seen that many, many, many those times. People, those people are only a part of the Snyder movement because it's a movement where they mm-hmm. don't have to invest much into. So, I mean... And it's a shame, too, because like, th- those they people, do good. Nobody should matter. I mean, yeah, there's lots of people that that there, there's lots of people within that movement that are doing a lot of good, and I mean, and they're 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 helping an artist finally get his vision realized, and I mean that's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. But not everybody on there's a soldier, you know. Not everybody no. on there's a Boy Scout just or sad whatever. Too. It's just you know, there's people on there just like there's people anywhere that are just total douchebags. 
and they, they get defensive about the most ridiculous shit and they only do it they only do it because they don't have anything else better to do it's so, so sad and pathetic you know i mean if it, i'm sure doc shaner's got better things to do than listen to our podcast but if he ever did listen to our podcast he'd know that i haven't exactly been nice to his run lately uh you know, no offense, Doc Shaner, uh, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not the biggest Tom King fan. Your art's good. Mitch Grodd's art's good. Um, I just, I don't like the story, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and tear him apart because I don't like the way that things are written. Yeah. So he's got to draw things that go with that story. So am I going to tear him apart for drawing certain scenes? I mean, that kind of shit is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He shared an opinion about a general comic book character. He didn't he didn't announce to everybody on Twitter that he was going to take over creating for Superman and he was going to be doing away with some of their trademark shit. He just basically shared an opinion. Exactly. And that's all that, that post Larry said, what's your opinion on that people don't agree with? And that's all he said. No need to people attack him. You could just say, I respectfully disagree, um, disagree, or you could just have a nice, civilized conversation, and that was all. No need to jump down his throat. No need to literally attack him on social media. It's just beyond that. Like, what were you in high school? Like, in middle school? No. Come on. At your age. Well, he, he, he was up. definitely right, right? <laughs> I mean, I, he, the whole thing started from his response to a thing, uh, to a post that asked, what opinion mm-hmm. do you have that causes people to want to draw swords on you? Well, and I mean, he, <laughs> he was right. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I just, I don't think, I don't think he should have been. At least, uh, no, not not like that. I mean, that was, that was absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, I've never even met the guy, but from what I understand, he's a super cool dude, like a really mellow guy. And uh, people don't deserve that, you know. No, it's it's awful too. How like how it happened? Just spot, just like spot out of control. And then you have people like like retweeting and taking pictures of it, and more people will find out. People either bashing it or bat, like it's just non. It was just awful how it all went down. I agree, man. I agree. All right, so why don't we uh, why don't we move on from Twitter <laughs> and get back to the books here? We're gonna take on Justice League number fifty four next. Oh wait, we that. didn't give our um, scores. The last oh, you're one. right, we didn't. We did not. So, um, Anthony, I typically go first. Why don't you go first on this one? Well, I don't, the last issue I wasn't very digging, but this issue I'm enjoying. We got a battle scene. I love action scenes we had great dialogue i enjoyed um ty's dialogue in this unlike last issue um i enjoyed what i saw and after this issue i am looking forward to that next issue seeing what we see of black adam versus um superman my only issue with my only complaint with this issue is not enough hawkman but all things aside i give this a solid 8.75 Give it an 8.75. All right. So my issues with it are, again, I um, I didn't even notice, and maybe maybe it was just me, but I don't even, I, I never even saw the panel where Hawkman appeared in this issue um, at all while I was flipping through here. 
So the lack of Hawkman or the acknowledgement of him after he was, you know, announced to be have have been brought into the infected. Uh, oh, there he is. I see him. He's okay. Yep. So he is in the one panel. Like one time. Yeah. A- and and he, you know, I mean, he doesn't even get acknowledged. So I mean, I have I have a very small problem with that. Then again, um he's still there when there is some problems, obviously a big fight coming between black Adam and Superman. So maybe that's when Hawkman's going to make his appearance and give Superman a run for his money. But Ooh, um, I mean, th- I, c- I can't rate it on possibilities. So I'm going to mm-hmm. rate it out here. The Hawkman thing this did disappoint me a little bit. Um, I'm not going to knock it off too much because of that, because there is potential. Um, the Nicolo's pencil work, isn't bad, but it's not my style. Uh, the story, again, I already knew that certain characters were okay, and I was worried about them going into this. I'm giving this a nine point, a nine out of ten. Ooh. All right, and now we can get over to Justice League number fifty-four, priced at three ninety-nine, written by Joshua Williamson. With art by Zermanico and Romulo Fiardo Jr., letters by Tom Napolitano, cover by Dave Stewart and Liam Sharp. It's the Titans reunion you've been clamoring for when Starfire and Cyborg join Nightwing in this twisted Justice League. The team is hellbent for Bristone Bay to free the Legion of Doom, but what horrors and desires will the Valley of Starrows reveal to them? And who or what is the villain named Mindhunter? Uh, Justice League number 54 is part two to Death Metal, Doom Metal. And um, the art, I feel, is... Like, I like Zermenico's pencil work here. I think mm-hmm. I think the art is really good. Um, this team but... up here, Zermanico and, and Fiyardo Jr. are are really good together. Um, Let's. You know, sound very positive, though. You, I, 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 I think there's a bug just, coming somewhere in there. I just, I, I, I don't, overall, I just, I don't feel like this was a hugely great book. I mean, I was a little, I felt like I was a little let down by it. Um, well, the whole, uh, the whole thing is, you know, the, the whole thing is they don't trust Lex Luthor, and mm-hmm. I mean, I get that, but. Did we need a whole fucking comic book dedicated to that? It's kind of common sense. I think if only that, we need like half the, half the issue. That was a... Yes. We didn't eat much. I uh, also want to why doesn't Starboy, um, yeah, um, Starboy and um, Starfire question their, um, their look? Because apparently this takes right after the last issue of Just Lee Odyssey. Well, so, apparently, um, apparently, anytime anyone comes outside and steps foot on Earth, except for the Flashes, um, that requires uh, them to touch each other. But um, apparently, anybody else, uh, the moment they step foot on on the Darkest Night's new Earth, they change into this heavy heavy metal version, death metal version of themselves. Uh, but then why don't they question though? They don't like. I, 
they were like Matt even mentioned, hey, you look different. Hey, well, so do that, you. That's the whole thing I that I don't quite get either. I mean, I get you want your characters to look quirky and match the scenery and all of that, mm-hmm. but for 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 the love of God, I mean, um, okay, so Lex Luthor has something going on with him, and that's as a result of some shit that happened, but nothing happened to Starfire or and Cyborg. Nothing happened to Nightwing to make him look the way that he does. Um, so then, why is Hawk Girl not in some kind of barbarian, yeah, trippy looking outfit? I just, I think, like, I'm just not over. It's one of many problems that I had with the book, and we might as well just go ahead and get through with it. But you're right. Uh, the 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 design choices. I, while I don't have a problem with them, they look great. They look fantastic. They're drawn amazing. Zermanico is yeah, a they look great. It's just weird artist. how it's just it doesn't make any sense. I mean. I, I've I've been defending the entire death metal thing, even though mm-hmm. I'm sick. I'm sick and fucking tired of Batman who laughs and everything to do with them. I have the, been defending so the played. death metal thing because while most people have been getting down on how outrageous and silly and quirky a lot of the stories have been, we were told that's exactly what it was going to be from the start. So I expected that. I I I. I fully expected that especially when it was Snyder that said so you know and so I didn't I didn't reflect bad on that when it when things started to sour was we're not going to go over the top with all of those you know unnecessary tie-ins and then what do we get a whole shit load of unnecessary tie-ins and some of them aren't unnecessary some of them are needed like uh death metal trinity's end or uh yes Trinity something death death metal Trinity death whatever crisis I think it was but, Trinity but, crisis yeah that should have been issue four or three and a half or something because that that was that was a necessary issue um, as far as I'm concerned these Justice League tie-ins as big as they are supposed to be they don't feel necessary in any way shape or form no. And on Maybe. top of it, the only person... I mean, we've got Nightwing, Hot Girl, Stark, Fire, Bobo, Cyborg, and Lex Luthor. Those are the stores, the stars, excuse me, of this two-part tie-in to Death Metal from the Justice League. When was the last time any of these people were on the Justice League? Yeah, it's been that long. Well, Cyborg <laughs> was Rebirth. Lex Luthor, Nufity 2, and Hawkgirl, um, Scott Snyder's Dress League. But why is it always Nightwing? Because even in the metal um, event, the last one, they had another um, tie-in event with the Teen Titans and the Suicide Squad. But Nightwing was like leading the charge. Like Why is it always Nightwing? Well, we have other I mean, side characters who could be doing this. There are other side characters who could be doing it, but I mean, and you you have to admit this, if you want somebody who isn't one of the main guys to lead a team, Mm -hmm. who are you going to pick? Tim Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake (laughs) or one of the other Titans. Uh, I mean, I I would, I mean, Tim Drake is a good choice, 
But um, I think he's a little bit on the younger side, at least the way that he's been depicted over the last year or two. Um, he has been getting progressively younger. Um, but like uh, I consider, I'm, I myself consider Dick, uh, Dick Grayson Nightwing to be an A-list character, but he's mostly relegated to B-list status. So to me, he, I mean, as far as uh, the natural B-list leader, I mean, I would, I would go to Nightwing. Now, do you think this event will bring back Roy Harper? I wish. Because only other only seeing like all these other different um realities of these other characters, like we see many variations of the Batman through all of the other um universes and dimensions. Why can they not do the same with Roy Harper? Why can he not be in the Stress League uh, event with this um tie-in event that would be great we see like a another universe's um roy harper that would throw I, a lot of people off i mean i'd be cool with it i i i recently we we recently got to see him in the in the last red hood episode or last mm-hmm. red hood issue um i do hope that roy gets to come back because hero in crisis just pisses me off on a deep internal level what um, what is that Heroes in Crisis pisses me oh off God. on a that was such deep BS. personal level. Um, and the fact that, that Roy is gone because of that, um, it, it really upsets me. Now, the fact that he's going to be coming back and possibly from an alternate universe or some other kind of an interpretation of who he is, are we going to get Roy Harper if he comes back? Are we going to get Roy Harper or are we going to get Arsenal? Because to me, there's a big difference. Mm. But um, let's go ahead and jump into the book, man. Um, we're going to start it off with exactly where we left off. We're out in the middle of the wastelands, um, Arkham Wastelands. And the team is made up of those who we've just mentioned. We've got Luther, Cyborg, Starfire, Hawkgirl, Nightwing, and Bobo. Not to mention Comet the Robot Horse. And, um, I mean, they're wandering through the wastelands. Occasionally, they meet bad guys and um fight (laughs) and mostly they're fighting among each other again like i mentioned before it's predominantly we don't trust you lex lex which is always the case actually it's always the case case. whenever he's on the team we don't trust you like can we get over this he's on the team just deal with it and just move on yeah i mean because ultimately every damn time lex luther ends up on the good guys team he 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 does good, you know. I mean, he's there for a freaking reason. Yeah, um, like he's small. He can. But he's in to help. Hot hot girl, cyborg, Nightwing. They are having absolutely none of that. Um, but we take a break from that scene, and then we flip over to, um, uh, where where Martian Manhunter is, and. He's over at that giant tower. He got past the Omega Knight somehow and is tangled up with the Mind Hunter. Uh, the Mind Hunter is, of course, Bruce Wayne um, that took on the powers of Martian Manhunter. Um, he explains it, as a matter of fact, in a lot of captions. As the Batman of my world, I stole DNA from my Martian Manhunter. The ability of 
of Superman plus invisibility and shape-shifting, but those are not our greatest weapon. But those are not our greatest weapon, are they? It's our minds, and he's talking about you know his mind control and telepathy and and whatnot. So, like we already knew, that's who Mind Hunter is. No big mystery there. And uh, Mind Hunter is attacking Manhunter, and um, you know mentally, psychically. And we flip the page, and we see that Hawk Girl is affected by it. Um. She has a little bit of a memory about where Manhunter takes off and says, there's something I must do. This is obviously right before Manhunter left. That's when they're, they're, they get to the, the, the end of the road for all intents and purposes, at least as far as I would consider it, because uh, my balls are nowhere near big enough to try and walk through a valley of star rows, which nope. is where they end up at. And these are not... Um, these are not Jaros. These are full-grown Staros, and there are hundreds of them. Hundreds. Right, so why can't they fly? Staros? No, man. Why can't the team just fly over them? Because we, we see them walking through it. I feel like you should just like I don't know, like fly past them. Well, how how? Well, see, I mean, there's they'd have to make quite a few trips. I mean, because. Oh. Hawk girl She's and strong. Starfire can um can fly, but I mean they've got a horse and three dudes to carry. Can that a robot horse fly? I have I don't think so. He doesn't appear to have wings. And could we boom tube as well? I mean that's probably something I would have tried. <laughs> um, but then again, boom tubes are very loud, and they are trying to be quiet. I mean, that's why they're called boom tubes, right? So, um, was it this issue? I've read an issue where that was the exact same thing. Uh, they they explain it a way that um, whatever's up with this world is playing tricks on the boom tubes because Starfire suggests that they they they, they to, to Vic that they use a boom tube. And no, but like, I, like there was an issue that I've read that. Someone said he'd be quiet. Oh, it was in the deceased. Yes. Um, the other deceased issue, um, Dead Planet. That's exactly what um, John Constantine said. Can be more quiet. And someone says, oh, they call it boom tubes for a reason. Yep. I was like, yeah. I heard that before, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably where it came from, me reading <laughs> that. I think it was uh, in Dead Planet. Yes. Um, but. Uh, we're back with the team, and they're they're catching up with everything that happened. Um, Dick getting shot. Uh, um, what happened with Starfire and, and Cyborg? They're all they're all talking and catching up. Um, Dick asks Dick acts like he hears something, and we and and there's an interesting drawn panel that's fractured and. We see the big, huge words, but you need to wake up. And um, we've got Nightwing in the blue um, with longer hair sitting up in a hospital bed. And Alfred's there. Batgirl is there in her purple uniform. Um, Dick's so happy to see Alfred. He jumps up off the bed and hugs him. And uh, we pull back and it's Nightwing red. 
not Nightwing Blue, and Batgirl is not in her purple costume, but is in her black and yellow costume. Is that the New 52 one? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm assuming it is. So another he's in his new, new new fifty two run as well. Yep, and w- then we see another panel where Dick is in Batman's costume. Another panel where Dick is in his um, second version of his Nightwing costume. The first version of his his V neck Nightwing costume and Batgirl. Uh, Barbara is changing her appearances every time we see him. Uh, finally, he ends up looking like Robin. Um. And uh, we flip the page and we see uh, Starro is obviously manipulating all of the members of the team, suggesting things to them. And um, Lex tackles Nightwing and uh, saves him from being devoured by one of the Starros. Looks like he was about to be eaten. And... um, Dark, uh, Lex is like this. All of this could have been avoided if you would have just, you know, followed me. I would have told you not to march through the Valley of Starro. Um, and then he explains that there's a dark multiverse Batman controlled by Starro who took over his whole world. Now his army just sleeps until someone stupid enough to offer themselves up as lunch. So I mean I don't I'm I'm a little confused by that explanation. There's a dark multiverse Batman controlled by Starro who took over his whole world. So I mean I guess he's he's an evil Batman but he's only an evil Batman because he fell underneath Starro's control. It's very it's just strange how this it's like playing out too. And and, and I how, how does that it, I don't understand how that explains why there's a shit ton of Starros and we never see this this Batman. Um, but anyway, like it, we, we, we go ahead. I feel like it would have been better if they didn't even say that at all. You just confuse the reader a, a lot when you, uh, when you, like, you say the stuff about Batman being c- controlled. You just have a um, value of Starros. Sure, okay. We don't need like full-on explanation. Come on, a messed up world as is. You'll you'll hear me complain every single time (laughs) when creators gloss over important details or leave plot Mm -hmm. threads behind. You'll hear me complain till my face turns blue. But you're right. This here, this this isn't just this isn't just offering a simple explanation to brush something out of the way, which I would normally appreciate. Um, but it is, it's, it's kind of convoluted and confusing and it's, yeah. just, when you do it like that, it's presenting information that just trips the person up. Uh, it tripped me up and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I, I hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, I don't know I was like, wait, what's happening? What? Well, um, what, what on, the, on the next page, what's happening is everybody is breaking free of their, um, Everybody is breaking free of their mind control, all completely on their own. Um, Nightwing apparently was the only one that needed to be tackled by Lex. And um, it it ends with uh, Lex saying to Nightwing, Starro might look like a giant starfish, but it's a conqueror and knows how to best defend itself by controlling your team to kill us. 
and it looks like those people were not breaking free from Starro's mind control. They just thought they were. And Starfire, Hot Girl, Bobo, and Cyborg are all facing Nightwing and Lex Luthor. And it says, next, Nightwing and Lex Luthor team up. I think it's going heavy for the irony in the next issue. Um, it doesn't tell us if that's going to be, because this is only a two-part deal, right? Doom, do, Doom Metal was only going to be a two-part deal, right? So we don't even know what issue Nightwing and Lex Luthor are supposed to team up in. Um, the convolution of these, the, 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 the confusion that was offered by the explanation as to why there was a Valley of Star Rose um, doesn't make any sense. The fact that the pre- predominantly the entire issue was basically about um, them not trusting Lex Luthor and then them catching up. Uh, it, it didn't feel, I felt like I wasted my damn time here. The, the one thing that I really did enjoy was getting to see a couple flashbacks of, um, traditionally drawn, uh, characters. Um, Zermanico's art was great. And, um, I do, I am a star, I am a Starro fan. So it is cool to see Starro involved. I just mm-hmm. wish there would have been a better explanation for it. Um, the art saved it. It was an okay story, but it just it wasn't it wasn't necessary, and it, I don't feel like it really did anything. Um, I'm gonna have to give this one a five out of ten. I, for me, the art was very good. I see many books. Um, actually, actually, hold on. Let me fit. Let me let me change that because yep. the art is real good. I'm gonna have and and I love my boys my boys are manical, so I'm gonna have to bump that up to a five five. Five, five, oh. Like I said, the art is very good. I can see like this kind of art beyond other books as well. I we still be I'm digging out. Um, there are a few um, things that I did not like at all. There are some things I did enjoy. For example, I enjoyed um, the um, body ship between Starfire and um, Cyborg, like how that got carried from JLO to this book, and hopefully it gets carried on again once more. But Many times it just seems odd. For example, how the co- how they're in cost- different costumes and like not even mentioned, not one bit, just one dialogue would have been nice. No, we get um a um scene where Starfire gets angry because they got shot in the head. I felt her anger was a little bit too much. Um, and this story. Again, it, it could it could be good, but it's not. I gotta give us a be, with being nice a six out of ten because I we've seen this so many times, even from the start of from New Fifty Two till now. Whenever Lux does something good, wants to be like helping them out, it's always we can't trust you. Yes, you can. No, you can't. I was like back and forth. It's just too much. It's like this should have been for issue one, and that was it. Then in this issue, no more. Can we trust him? I don't know. Can we trust him? I don't know. We can't trust you. Okay. You can't no. trust me. Well, it's just yeah. so back and forth, back and forth. But I have a scar on my face now. <laughs> so do I. And I'm wearing a hood. <laughs> it's just too much. It's like, oh, next ish, next time the steers with it, it better not once spring up. Can we trust you? Yeah, Which it's gonna be, it's gonna be brought up, but I just don't want it to be brought up. <laughs> 
All right. No. So where do where do you end on this one? Six out of ten, with being generous, because I I can go to a five point five, but it's, I like seeing the flashbacks, but it's just not worthy. No, just not worthy. That's an accurate way to describe something. Uh, predominantly, the uh, next comic book that we're going to be talking about, Young Justice number 19, Price. Oh, your favorite issue of the week. My fa- Yeah, my favorite issue of the week. All right. Uh, Price at $3.99. Yeah, this is the issue right before the last one. I can't believe how fucked up this issue is. Oh, my God. Uh, Young Justice 19, priced at $3.99, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker. So there's two minds behind this, and there has been for a while. Art by Scott Godlewski and Gabe Altaib. Letters by Wes Abbott, with the cover by John Tibbs, John Timms and Gabe Altaib. Wonder Girl calls Young Justice together to help her with a family problem. Seems the pantheon of Greek gods is having a hard time with some of Cassie's choices. She's taking a stand to change rules as an old as the heavens. And she's going to need her team by her side to do it. Um, wow. So how familiar, how familiar are you with the Young Justice Teen Titans character's history? Are you pretty well-versed? Have you read any the past Young Justice from the 1998-1999, but I did read up to issue 50 of the Teen Titans with this roster from 2003. Um, so I'm roughly familiar with like, yeah, their pretty... history, who they are, where they come from. The, the, this entire issue is crap. It really um, is. The, now, now, Scott Godlewski... Um, Sometimes I rag on him for the way that he he does work, but this is done well. I I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Gabe Altaib, maybe it's maybe it's Altaib's colors that uh, that um, are really helping him out here. But I enjoyed the art. If I was rating this out of ten based on nothing but art, I would give it a seven out of ten. But I'm but, not. Yeah. All right. So. Um, uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who I I could almost guarantee um, is a control freak when it comes to his creations, and I, I'm, again I've heard he's nothing but the nicest guy, but um, I just I see I see choices made throughout every aspect of his 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 books that just all seem to have the same thing in common, and that's look at me, and um, we open it up. The first page appears to be uh, like a ripoff of like a magic or a Yu-Gi-Oh card or some shit. Um, there's no attack uh, points yeah. or anything, but that's what it reminds me of. Um, it's a gigantic, it's a small picture with a big, huge bunch of caption on it, all in one ginormous caption box that takes up the whole page. You flip the you flip the page, and we have a big splash page, double double page splash of Cassie. But um, everywhere where Gabe has, or where, excuse me, where um, Godlewski has the chance to shine in this book, it's 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 all covered up by Brian Michael Bendis's words. Um, 
pay attention to that. I guarantee you're going to see it as we go through it. It's ridiculous. I was literally going to say the page before that with the hope, um, like the previously on section. Okay. Yeah. I wish that was not there and put all this text dialogue right at that spot instead. Right. Put a little bit intro about, um, Okay, and this page will be stellar with just the art itself. Yeah, for some reason, we needed caption boxes on both sides of this double page splash to explain who uh, Cassandra Sandmark is, Wonder Girl, and who she's related to. Um, I think it's kind of fucking stupid that Bendis thinks he needs to tell us who Wonder Girl is when it's quite obvious he has no idea about anything to do with her. How do I know that? Well, because I read this fucking story. Well, That's how I know that. This is issue 19. So why am I, if I know anything about her, why am I investigating about issue 19 and, oh, cool, now I'm going to know about her. This uh, should have been in the first story, oh, within the first six issues, this should have been. The goddamn issue, the penultimate issue, the issue before the very last, and we're taking a sidestep. Exactly. Um, I'm like, what? do you know why? That's because there's not been a single step forward in this entire run. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I am so happy that he is being taken off of this and the two Superman books. I am simultaneously very sad that he's going to be given another property. Um, because I don't care one of I wouldn't, I would feel bad if I would feel bad if Brian Michael Bendis was given a kite man annual to write a kite man's ongoing. I would feel bad for kite man. I would feel oh, bad. I would feel bad if he had condiment King and wrote for condiment King. I'm sorry. I know that there's a lot of uh, Brian Michael Bendis, fans that are out there but all there, this bro. is all he's so? there there are and i don't understand it but they're like but he made miles morales See, you know what i like him at marvel but dc no no dc he's fucked up since issue one the, the only thing that i like that he did over at marvel was miles morales and to be honest with you it's only because it fit it good miles morales character was a rambling teenage sporadic crazy kid yes that's brian michael's that's brian michael bendis's brain and he just can't, he cannot apply it to any other character, and especially not a group of characters. That's the only time that the Bennis dialogue works best is that new character who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. So they're like, wait, I do what now? Okay, and wait, what? That works your best? But when you have all of these veteran characters, they don't need this repetition dialogue, no. Or be introduced to by, by someone who doesn't have the slightest idea who mm-hmm. they are. Um, we start off the, the, the book after the introduction with Cassie um, in Metropolis trying to get a, trying to get her job back um, from uh, Kaplan's. And um, she's, she's sitting there and she's asking for her job back. And she's basically being told, no, you know, you, um, if, uh, she's told it feels like you've been gone for two years and in the editor's box it says check out all of young justice for her adventures outside of the big city she has no she hasn't because Wait, two years. brian brian michael fucking bendis 
has shortened up the last year, year and a half of fucking Young Justice timeline and yeah. by, by extension, the entire DC universe into pretty goddamn close to two weeks. So, so no, she hasn't. She's been gone maybe a year, maybe a year, probably closer to fucking seven months, maybe a year. And so anyway, she's told she's not allowed. That's, that's, that's problem number two that I have already with this. All right. Uh, for problem number three, excuse me. First, why am I looking at a trading card on page one? Second, why am I being introduced to a character that I know completely? There's no reason for you to introduce us to her just because you just got introduced to her. Third one, they get the time. And I mean, every single page is like this dude. Next page, they get the timeline wrong. Who gets the timeline wrong? The guy that fucked the timeline up. The guy that created the timeline to begin with. He gets the timeline wrong. Thanks, Brainy Brittany. And then we've got her walking out, and she's kind of sad. And who walks up? Who's that? Zeus. She says, hello, Grandpa. Hello, Grandpa. I come all the way down here. I put on a human form, and hello, Grandpa. Um, What? Zeus is dead. Zeus is not alive right now. He, yeah, later he's on been is, taken I think, out. I think he slowly tries to like put it back in. It's like, oh, no, no, that didn't happen. But so, I wish him and people who, like Wonder Woman, would come, like, talk to her. Like, no, no, no. He is dead. Yeah, because he's dead. Already... He's dead. So um, have we had a page yet without a problem? No, we nope. have not. Flip the page again. There's the dead guy still talking to his granddaughter who he talks to like like it's his kid. Um, oh, no, no. Maybe she just drugs, okay? Maybe she just drugs and she just seen him. <laughs> be maybe, hot, maybe, so maybe that's what. <laughs> um, Zeus is just sitting there bullshitting for no reason whatsoever. Um, Saying he understands her and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, he wants her to come sit at the Pantheon. We get more freaking dialogue. Um, another mm-hmm. giant double splash page that's ruined by dialogue. Um, Zeus says that, that you know there's tests that are going to happen. A monster shows up to attack. Uh, Zeus disappears. Cassie goes after the monster and defeats him. Uh, more dialogue, more narration, and um, back to back, beautiful pages just ruined by dialogue too. Just yeah, and and then a bunch of boxes that we're not really told what it's supposed to represent because it's not speech bubbles and it's not dialogue boxes; it's actual conversation. So it's conversation that I'm assuming is happening off screen. It takes me a while to figure out that you have to flip the page and it's her sitting around talking to the Teen Titans, um, telling her all about this crap that happened before. And they're, you know, apparently none of them remember or know anything about her whatsoever, except some of them sometimes do. And she knows the people she shouldn't know, but doesn't know the people she should. 
um because she she knows superboy but doesn't doesn't remember being a part of a team with tim drake and then a portal pops up behind him um still yet to have a page go by without a problem who shows up well i'll be damned if that's not another dead god poseidon is dead too that some bitch had his head cut off there's no reason for poseidon to be here but yet here he is with a couple of sea monsters so um a shit ton of dialogue boxes covering up more art. None of these words are even fucking necessary. More dialogue boxes covering up more art. And then after that battle is over with, Zeus shows back up and Cassie says she's not coming with him. Um, Zeus is like, you will be banished for all time. So um, the team all get ready to fight and said, if this is my end, then so be it. So he says, oh, so be it? Well, okay. And then he disappears. Next issue, Final Justice with Cassie crying. Um, Start to fucking finish. This entire book was trash. Mm Um. I want to take away all of Brian Michael Bendis's writing instruments. I want to take away every pencil. I want to take away every pen. I want to take away all of his internet access and anything with the keyboard. I want to go out into his driveway and make sure he doesn't have any rocks that he can scratch onto the pavement with. I am banning him from going to the store and getting sidewalk chalk. Brian Michael Bendis should no longer write. 20 fucking issues at $4 a pop. I'm going to get the next one. Of course I am. But 20 fucking issues at $4 a pop. Two times four is eight. That's $80. 80 goddamn dollars on nothing. Not a single good issue. Nope. 20 issues. And what pisses me off is he didn't just do this to Young Justice, which... At the end of the day, while I love this team, it could be considered an expendable title. Yep. He didn't just do this to Young Justice. He did this to Superman, and he did this to Action Comics, Action Comics too. I'm, I'm done with this shit. If it wasn't for the the good art of Godlewski and Eltabe, I would not rate this as high as I did. And I rated it pretty fucking high for what I really thought of this issue. I rated it through the roof compared to what I thought of this issue. What did you rate this before I give my score? This issue is a solid 3.5 out of 10. The art saved it. Because I love this art. I want to see more. I see this art being an Aquaman book and Legion of Superheroes and other team books. If we get them, I enjoy it. I can't tell this from either... The pencil or the colors both n- nailed it. However, the issue itself, so many issues. For example, as you said before, with all those like um, dialogue narration boxes, he's done this before where like we don't know who is talking. Why, why don't you just have a damn symbol and so we know who's talking? You mean like everybody else does? Exactly. Oh, well, hell, that would be too much like making sense. And he has so many pages with some beautiful artwork. 
and just too much narration. Like, you should have somebody just, like, looking closely at the boxes, too. Like, some of the boxes are oh, small. No. Yeah. I, f- I feel as though um, he places those boxes over top of something that might draw away from attention to him. I can believe I, mean, that. I just I just don't understand how you can sit there and spit this kind of shit out. And I I hate to attack the the, the man. I don't mean to come across as attacking him personally, but when you put out this much trash for this long, that consecutively without interruption, because he's not produced a good issue since arriving at DC, not one. He ruined Legion of Superheroes. He ruined Young Justice. He ruined Superman, and he ruined Action Comics. Mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis, because because of this with this score, what does what does he get? And again, I'm telling you, I am inflating this solely because of Godlewski and Altaib. Great job, guys! You stellar deserve this. One point five out of ten. Whew. I can't, I can't excuse it. I mean, you got great art, but I mean, uh, load the shit up on Instagram, guys. Godlewski, tell me how to follow you. I, I'll, I'll look at your art there. I'm not paying. I, I, I can't. I cannot tell anybody to spend four dollars on that. No. Like this is issue nineteen, the penultimate issue, and now like, and now you give us an issue that we should care about, Cassandra. At this point, we are. Sh- if you're reading this book, you already care about her. So we don't need to even... No, set some set your final issue up. Like, set things up for your next issue. Your final issue. But no, we don't. This should not have been so late in the game. We should, we should have already had this issue. Yeah, we should have had a lot more than we've already mm-hmm. had. But uh, not much longer, Bendis, and you're gone, and I won't have to talk shit about you unless you come in and take over another title that I covered. <laughs> Don't think so. Yeah, I really hope. Well, I mean, we cover everything basically. So yeah, <laughs> but um, he he could be on JSI. Don't yeah, don't say that. That's not cool. <laughs> I hope he goes to like, um, writing graphic novels for young adults. Yeah. You know like that that black that, label that, or something. that no 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 not black label. He needs well, to write. at least it's not incontinent. At least it's like not incontinent. So like, uh, I'm telling you, I, I think that his talent dictates that he's best at writing for the fourteen and under crowd. Oh yeah, that's not black label. Black label's eighteen and up. But um, you could do a teen touching the girl. Yeah, that, that would be his. That would be his kind of deal mm-hmm. he could do a teen titans go he could do a um any uh a, oh a dc superhero girls yeah he could do that you know i mean there are plenty of them out there but um i'm sick and tired of talking about his ass so let's move on to a good kind of b a batman batman number 100 man the main event that all of us have been waiting for for quite a long time Retailing for six ninety nine, is that right? I believe so. I believe so. With um one hundred with hundred ish. Let's look at it right now. 
written by James Tynan IV, art by Jorge Jimenez, Carlo Pagulian, Gillam March, Danny Miki, and Tomu Mori, letter by Clayton, Cow- Clayton Cowles, and the cover was done by Jimenez and Mori. Yep, six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. All right. Oh, man, that cover is gorgeous. All of them are, man. Um, oh. I it, seriously, the 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 artwork. It, even if you're not getting the different variants on this, man, go look at them. Um, I usually check mine out at League of Comic Geeks because um, they'll have a section over on like the left hand side where you can see all the different variant covers. And oh god, they are all all so awesome. The Joker War comes to a city-shattering conclusion as Batman battles the Joker in a brutal, no-holds-barred duel. This is a fight 80 years in the making, and its outcome won't just change Batman's life. It will change Gotham City for years to come. Plus, catch the first glimpse of the new villain known as Ghostmaker. And after the senses-shattering conclusion of the Joker War come a pair of stories that will chart what's to come in Gotham City and for Batman. Don't miss the first showdown between Batman and Clown Hunter. Well, um, we kind of, we do have, we've got like three stories that happen inside this book. Uh, they all, um, they can pretty much be, be told in succession. I feel like it kind of all happens right around, it feels, it feels like they all happen like concurrently you know one right after the or consecutively excuse me one right after the other yeah uh we start this one out with a very huge fan service okay it's time to let everyone know that oracle is back online oh, oh man i wanted to clap i was so happy um get a shot of her taking off her cowl in front of the giant clock face and there's all the drapes all over her computer equipment and you can see the oracle face in the background and it was just oh man i was so happy to see this finally happen now would you want to do like have her have like a new oracle face or keep the same one because i know that they have her like the oracle have like a little bit like a villain tone back with the uh you're the villain event Oh man, don't bring that shit up. <laughs> I, that's why I want like a newer face because when I see that, all I think of is that story arc. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I had honestly, I hadn't even considered it, but I suppose that, like, if I had a choice, now that you brought it up and pointed it out to me, thanks, Anthony. Thanks. Um, now I would prefer that there was a different face on there. Um. But she is Babs. Barbara Gordon is jumping right back into the role of Oracle. And everyone on the next double page splash we see is letting her. We have Signal, Batwoman, Spoiler, Orphan, Red Hood, and Tim Drake all working together, listening to Oracle. And and uh, um, it's not just it's not just them. It's literally the whole city. She's patched into everywhere. Um, we even get a. Uh, we even get a shot of Clown Hunter listening to Oracle. Of course, no one but the Bat family knows who she is. Um, next up, we see in some really good art, man. I really oh, yeah. enjoyed this page. The way that the they details. had all those, yeah, the way that the lights showed on on on, on everything. Um, man, I thought it was done really good. 
but the the mayor is hollering that um, in ordering Commissioner Bullock to uh, direct everyone to find out where in what and why and shut down the Oracle system. And uh, he's like, um, there's all these there's all these clowns out here and you want me to go out and worry about Oracle who's trying to do something good. And he's like, uh, he takes a second and he's like, well, I wonder what Jim would do. And, uh, as, as if I even have to ask. And he said, tell mayor Dunch, that's my fucking answer. And he throws his badge onto the ground. He turns around and starts addressing all of the cops there and says, this is your ex commissioner speaking. The DCPD is being asked to stand down, you know, blah, 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 basically saying, do you want to be a cop in this crooked city or do you want to do what's right? Um, we flip the page and we get back to the fight. Nightwing kicking some ass and uh, being drawn. Uh, so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, Jorge Menez's uh, action shots, the way that they're, uh, streaky with the fast it, it feels like for different kinds of movement he uses different things and like with kicks uh he tends to do like this streaky art and i really like it um not saying uh nightwing's kicking the hell out of all those guys obviously he's working closely with batgirl and there's a little bit of humor between the two of them um well with we that fl- history i'm glad that is I'm glad that it's actually in the like, issue. Like you actually feel something between them. But, yeah, because of such because they have such a big history. I mean, it is nice that that was acknowledged. And, Which we um, haven't felt like that in a. In my opinion, we have not oh, felt have. like that in a long time. Not a not a not a very long time. Jesus, Rick was with us for over a year, wasn't he? I I think so. That's what someone told me for. I, I don't think it was that long, but wow, that's insane. There was. Yeah way too long but um so it, it 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 is good to see that acknowledged here because while i didn't pay much attention to it reading if it wasn't there i probably would have complained you, you does that make sense yeah i probably would have been upset if i didn't see that there so i am glad that it is there um we flip the page and we are uh, back at the fight Batman versus the Joker. Of course, the Joker's trying to get into Batman said, uh, Batman is tackling undead Alfred. And um, he's, he's even saying, you're just trying to get in my head, throw me off. It won't work. And um, it's, it's almost as if to me, the way that it's drawn and it kind of surprised me a little bit, but I enjoyed it. Is that Batman is trying to get Alfred out of that factory more than he's given a, sh- a shit up. I mean, it doesn't even look like he's even worrying about looking at the Joker. He just wants to get Batman, or he just wants to get Alfred away from them. Same, which makes me wonder, like, do you think that he wants to, like, bring him back alive by doing this? Because he's worried about getting Alfred out as soon as possible. I'm like why like he's already dead don't don't you don't do anything stupid yeah i mean like he did with damien <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> times over there so um the one of my issues with this was um the kind of things that was coming out of alfred's mouth i don't understand 
uh, we've never been we've never been given a source of these voices that come out of these animated corpses. If it's through suggestion of the Joker or whatever, but there's, there's just, there's nothing here that comes out of Alfred that would, that would make even relatively close to making sense. So it's not really helping the whole plot device. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If he was saying, yeah, if he would have been saying things that would have made sense for Alfred to say, I think it would have hit home a, a lot better. But in any case, so I have that little problem here, and then the and then of course on the same page, um, Batman shouts out to Oracle. He had no fucking clue that Oracle was online. None, because it it literally just happened while he was there fighting the Joker. But he hollers out to to Oracle. That's the that's that that's my problem. That and this comic relief shit that they're going for with Alfred. I just, I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Um, I wish I'd been Aquaman's Butler instead. I mean, that doesn't even seem like any, it it wasn't believable. It kind of annoyed me. Um, so, uh, Batman says that, uh, Joker's taken Alfred's body and weaponized it. And he needs to get it clear of this place. So that's what he's doing. He's, he's, he is trying to get the body out of there, not to save Alfred, but to, um, to, to potentially stop, you know, whatever weapon the Joker gas, obviously, the, the, that the Joker has used. Uh, Joker walks up and he's like, you can't call for help. That's cheating. It's a good thing I killed your radio. So, again, there would have been zero way for Batman to know that Oracle was back online. Joker already killed his radio. He hasn't used it, hasn't been communicating with anybody. He went to go use it. Joker already killed it. Um, he's still trying to get into, the Joker is still trying to get into Batman's head. And uh, Batman's getting really pissed off and getting a little violent. He um, starts fighting back, but strangely enough, the Joker is standing toe-to-toe with Batman in a fist fight. And Which is that's, weird. I feel like... that's something that I don't understand either. No. Um, that shouldn't happen. That should, that should never happen. And he really is. He's standing toe-to-toe with him. And um, to the point where Batman has to shut out the lights... Joker says, that's not fair. That'll uh, not, that'll do you any good. You of all people should know that bats can see in the dark, which gives us an awesome picture of the Batman busting him in the face (laughs) so hard that it smashes the cowl. And he says, you're not a bat. Which I feel like after that, one, one more punch and she'd be like knocked out. Yeah, like he should have been should. fucking done, man. Joker has no superpowers at all. No, yeah, no. He's not like a extra uh, uh, fighter. No, he's only good at being chaotic and with his mind. That's all it is. Yep, agreed. Um, so uh, he gets he gets the the cowl popped off of him, and smashed off of him. 
we flip the page and we are at uh, we are with Punchline now, and uh, she she knows something's going on, obviously, because she sees that the uh, the factory wasn't supposed to blow up yet. Um, so she reacts to that. Uh, she needs word from her clowns on the street. Nothing's working. That's because Joker killed all the radios. The underbroker comes up and says that uh, he no longer works for them because all the money's gone, so they need to get the fuck out of their place uh, immediately. Um, the next part here, I am a little curious about because Punchline is on the phone with somebody and I'm unsure of who it is that she's talking to. Could it be the Joker? I mean, maybe, but isn't the Joker a little tied up right now? I think I thought maybe it was Joker, but it's like voicemail. That's my guess. Either that, or it's a new character which will be introduced, like in Punchline issue one, perhaps. But uh, the what she says to no, we don't hear anything back. But she says, "It's me. It's all over sooner than you thought." I'm sorry. I thought we'd be able to push things a little further. But I remember the plan, and I love you, and I will never stop believing. Uh, that's when Nightwing shows up, and he says he's going to kick the hell out of her, and she's going to spend the rest of the night in life. She fights back. She whistles, and a whole bunch of clowns show up. She's like, sorry, boy blue, the odds just changed. And, well, yeah, because now... We have Tim Drake and Signal and Nightwing, who are a Tim Drake, Signal, Nightwing, and Spoiler, who are, if if nothing else, people who have been trained by Batman to fight. And then we've got Red Hood and Orphan, who are people who were not just trained by Batman, but also by world-class mythological assassins. <laughs> I would say that the odds are no longer in the clown's favor for sure. <laughs> I, I wish this page was like a full on like splash. Like its own page right there. Just just with that whole um that panel just all by itself. Because that would look gorgeous with the team coming down. Yes, it would have. I'm I, I'm with you on that one. I am with you on that one. Um, Babs is, is coordinating with the team. She's giving them direction. Um, Catwoman makes an unnecessary appearance, but, uh, let me just say, I fucking love the way she's goddamn drawn here, man. Just love it. Um, but she's looking down at the fight between, uh, Bruce and, and, and the Joker. We can, we can assume because she does say, come on now, love, it's time to end this. We go back, uh, and Oracle is shouting at Batman now. He, there's, she knows that he's got a blocker, but she bypassed it the best that she can, so she can communicate with her, him, but he can't talk to her. Uh, she's letting him know that it's done. Everything is all taken care of. Punchline's done. The tankers are done. The clowns are falling back. All he has to do is take down the Joker, and it's over. 
And Batman turns around to Joker and says the same thing. Uh, my family has already taken the city back. You won't get your war. You can't win. Oh, Batman, don't you get it? You missed the war. I already run. Won. You have to be smart enough to have figured that out already. And uh, somehow, um, oh, it looks as though Batman is looking for Joker and he can't find him. And uh, bat- that's when Joker sneaks up behind him and stabs him in the back and says, don't you know I've already won? We see him twist the knife and um, you know, he, he drops Alfred. Joker is tearing off the, what's left of the bat suit and still trying to get into Batman's head about um, based around like the suit now, like where he thought his life was going to be and all of that stuff. We see a, um, I'm guessing a brighter future, Catwoman outfit drawn on the next page uh, in, in Batman's brighter future bat suit. And um, again, I'm not a big fan of this new bat suit thing, but um, I would really like to see what the rest of that Catwoman outfit looks like because that looks fucking cool. That would be nice if we got like full on, like just a daring cover of just her. In that um, costume. That would be cool. Um, so Joker, again, he's still he's still talking shit to Batman. He stabbed him in the back. Um, he's talking shit. He turns, turns Batman around, and uh, Batman goes to swing at him, and he misses. And Joker stabs him in the stomach again. Um, Batman's bleeding, and... He's bleeding pretty bad. He kicks Joker over the um, over the railing and down into the floor. Batman jumps down to him, and uh, Joker still won't quit. He's just no. mad, talking shit. The Wayne family is broken. You know all of this, all of that. Um, you don't understand Gotham. Batman, Batman was a stupid little kid. Stupid idea. Um, then. Batman's about the end of it, man. Joker's standing over top of him, kneeling over top of him with a battering in his hand or knife. That's a knife, I guess. And he says, you won't even look like Bruce Wayne anymore when I'm done carving you up. You'll have to start fighting back with nothing. (laughs) And then there's a huge boom. Oh, yeah. Blasted. Harley shows up and shoots out Joker's eye. Hey, I missed the J. Long time no see. <laughs> and uh, she says, I've been using your mugshot for target practice for a long time now. I got to say, it was pretty cathartic. And he says, still didn't get the kill shot, though. Harley <laughs> replies, no. That has to come from him. Batman wants to know what she's doing. She takes out two bombs and says, you got you got a decision you've got to make. These bombs are going to go off in a few seconds. And trust me, they're real good. She ties one to him and one to her. She says, I'm sorry, you were losing. He said, I, I, I was calling in backup. I wasn't losing. We don't need to end it this way. He needs to be locked back up. And Harley says, and I thought this was worded perfectly. Honey, oh, yeah. 
you're talking to the wrong girl if you think he's not dangerous locked up in Arkham. It's like I said, that's not good enough for me. Not anymore. I think I'm the like, two writers... I went like, were, fuck yeah! <laughs> the two writers that vote Holly so well in the past, like, I don't know, like five, six years or so, Tom Taylor and James Tynan. Like, yeah. just how she's been in the past few issues, oh, I was... Damn, like I'm digging that for what we've been getting from her. Like I can't stand Holly Quinn, but so far in this book, I kind of want her to come back again. I I can't stand Sam Humphrey's Harley Quinn. Mm. That that bubblegum that bubblegum bullshit. I I just she she's a much better character. She deserves much better than that. Oh, without doubt, she um, the justice. But uh, that's what she's doing man so she turns around and says so now you got to choose what kind of city do you want gotham to be do you want it to be one where he knows he can get away with anything and everything and you're always going to let him or do you want to change the game you've only got enough time to get to one of us bats who's it gonna be and she runs away not just walks she runs joker's laughing because he's like uh I would, I, he says, I do love a wild card. She's still got that old spunk, doesn't she? Batman says, look, if you were smart enough to pick the pockets from the bat suit, the bomb can be disarmed. Joker said, that's not going to work. You're going to have to save me yourself. You're not going to let, you're not going to risk my dying and leave your butler's body to roast with me. And he just stares at Batman. Batman just stares back. Then he leaves. Wait, 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 where are you going? Batman, come back here. Don't just walk away from me. Don't you dare just walk away. And undead Alfred is sitting there laughing and laughing and laughing. And uh, Joker's yelling, shut up, shut up. And we see tick, tick, and kaboom. Now here, I thought that was the end of the Joker. Oh, same here. I thought, see, oh, he's definitely gone. Yep. I'm like, okay, there's there's the resolution. The Joker is over with finally. But uh, we see one week later, Harley is waking up in the hospital, and she was she's like, I just had the weirdest fucking dream. And Batman's there. She She's like, and you were there? And there was this mean lady with a dumb name who wasn't even funny or anything? So obviously she's feeling back to herself. She's like, how long have I been out? And he tells her she's been out a week. She said, told you it was a good bomb. (laughs) She says, "Uh, you know, you really had me fooled there for a sec. Now, is is he dead? Batman says, I found his bomb intact, deactivated just in time with the tools he stole from the bat suit he had been wearing. There has been no sign of him since. Well... I got a problem with that, too, because on the previous page, we see tick, tick, and a giant fucking kaboom. So if his bomb was intact, what exploded? That that got to me. Um, Harley says that he's never been the encore kind of clown. When the big show is over, he heads to the ground. And uh, we get a lighter side of Batman shown in the next two pages. And that's kind of cool. There's some connection going on between him and Harley and uh, Batman even mentions having to bury his father again today and how he did it with his family. 
It's nice that finally Batman gets a little bit closure after after some death. Because we yeah. didn't forget that in um No we did when he actually did die. Yeah. Definitely did not. Um but this is at the at the end of it we get what we've been getting quite a quite a a lot lately. Uh Batman's saying, I think I can be a better man, a better Batman. Um and Darley says, well, there's no point in being a crappier Batman, right? Batman smiles and says, I guess not. Where, And then the conversation wraps up where she says, now you got to help me bust out of here before they ask me about health insurance. And um, we flip the page. And the uh, the cherry on top of this Sunday is Ghostmaker's here. And Ghostmaker um jim uh, james tynan you know i i make fun of his character creations because he kind of gives them stupid names like clown hunter and Ghostmaker. but uh man i'm gonna tell you this dude looks like a badass it, he looks so cool and um just these four word bubbles here have me seriously interested oh bruce 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 what a mess you've made our teachers would be ashamed of you I think it's time your city had a choice in its protector. The truce is over. It's time for Gotham to meet the ghost maker. So this is obviously somebody from his past. How do you feel about him knowing who Batman is? Because I feel like recently, almost all the villains we've been facing, like Bane, Joker, they know who he is. Well, Bane and Joker, I mean, that's not, that's not, unusual they have known who he is for you know we get this new character who again knows who he is too well see this is the thing he's not a new character this is somebody from his past obviously because it says our teachers would have been would be ashamed of you so i'm gonna assume that's not some public school or private school teacher he's talking about this is someplace that they learn to fight so do you think maybe the league of someone in the league it could be somebody in the League of Assassins slash Shadows, whichever one you want to call yeah. it. Or, um, I mean, honestly, it could be it could be anybody, man. I mean, it could be somebody we've never seen before. It could be somebody just name-dropped from before. It's it's. I'm really interested in finding out what direction it's going to go. See, my guess, uh, I don't know why, but at first I'm like, oh, this is a hush. I, I don't know why, but in the back of my mind, when I just read this page, I was like, that's why a hush. I don't know. I mean, I suppose it could be, but it just, I, I just don't, I just don't see that. Our teachers, because he's not saying that to, to anyone. It's, he's just, you know, he's saying that out loud to himself. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's hush, but, you know, I've been wrong before. I'm on my second wife. <laughs> um all right so that that's the first story and the, the the other two are much shorter oh yeah um the next story is a short one called intervention batman finds and meets the clown hunter batman tries to get through to the kid he shows him respect uh he offers uh the kid dr leslie Tompkins' number and tells him to get help before he leaves out through the window um, the now identified Bao Fam, aka Clown Hunter, says help might be nice, but only after he's finished with the clowns. 
Um, so we got that answered. This is not somebody that we've seen before. Uh, this is not an existing character. This is a brand new person. Bao Pham, um, I'm going to assume that's Vietnamese. And uh, he, he, he definitely doesn't seem like he's taken what Batman's got to say seriously. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's going to be coming back. It says to be continued in Batman 101. So we'll see some more of Clown Hunter there. I do love the dialogue that he, like he gives him. Just saying, like um, how like just calling him Duck because he just like just guessing his name, acting all mm-hmm. calm, saying, "Oh, you have your helmet. Let me let me put on mine. Do you like it?" Just how like he's definitely gonna be a character that I hope we see more of in like more of the books, not just in Batman, but hopefully he shows up here and there and like. Oh wait, Teen Titans will be gone. So somewhere, maybe a like detective, or he gets name dropped, because he's definitely an interesting character and in how he's well respected in the Narrows and what he does. I'm curious to see how the future of him. Yeah, he where like he's going to end up at? That, that's a good question, man. Um, at first, I really did think he was going to be invited to join the Bat family and Batman oh, was yes, going to try yeah. and take him in and give him the Red Hood treatment, but it didn't happen, and I'm glad to see that. Um, I'm, I'm, go- I'm, I'm taking a step outside the box here, and I'm going to assume that uh, the way that this kid thinks here and um, the fact that all of, his, all of his words are all written in lowercase Given me that it tells me he's probably speaking in in quieter tones. Um, that big, huge X that's on his hair. Hmm. Now, now at first I thought that maybe that was a part, like it was shaved in there intentionally. Yeah. Look at his mask. It has the exact same X on the front of his mask. So I'm wondering if maybe that's not a scar and maybe clown hunter Bao Fam has maybe some brain dam- brain damage or something. Oh. And that could be the reason why he's, uh, I mean, apparently what 16 years old and willing to go out and kill, beat the shit out of a, half a dozen clowns at one time. I mean, what do you think the thing on his um, helmet, like the, his front, thing is because if you put that front thing on top of his head it matches where his scar is yeah that's the thing i'm not sure what it is i mean i mean obviously it's just it's it's just some kind of mask that got strapped to the front of one of those mohawk bicycle helmets because i'm wondering if maybe he had an accident like if he wears wearing like that like his front his front part on top of his head and he got some sort of accident which like like damaged both that and his head and he keeps that to like remember something there's a there's a chance of that well i will we'll hopefully find out in in time to come because it looks like he's going to be pretty prevalent for the next little while anyway the next few months Mm -hmm. um uh the focus will be bouncing back and forth between clown hunter and ghost maker Says to be continued in Batman One Hundred and One. Mm-hmm. Next issue. 
All right, and then the final story in the book, uh, it's, it's, it's a little confusing. It's, um, what I, it's, it's, I think it's a little, it's intentionally misleading. Uh, but, uh, what it is, is the final story in the book shows a person with a person, excuse me, with bleached skin and red nails, wearing a Joker purple hoodie with green letters on it saying, go, go Gotham. Uh, for all intents and purposes, for me, that's strongly indicating that it is the Joker, but we never get to see his face, so there's no guarantee that's who it is. Anyway, um, so this maybe Joker, which is what I'm going to call him, is sitting at a bar with this guy next to him, and that guy starts up a conversation about Punchline and the Joker. Uh, he's he's talking to him a little bit about um. How, how how strange it was and um that she actually uploaded a, a she that she's under house arrest but she uploaded a video and put it out on the internet she might get in trouble for it because it violates her judge's orders etc cetera, etc cetera. um and uh the 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 maybe joker says well yeah yeah i'd love to see it and um finally after watching it um, when, in which she identifies herself as Alexis K and calls herself a victim of the Joker. She really plays up how she was um, taken in, yeah, yeah, she was she was playing like she was taken advantage of and all of that stuff. And um, uh, maybe Joker goes, she's very good. She even said what she's doing right in the video. That's the art of it. Bringing my message to the world. Ha! This trial is going to be a circus, and really, there's no better place for a clown. <laughs> and that's when the guy is like, wait a minute. I know you said you were a comedian, so I'm sure you're making a joke, but but you're not him, are you? And he starts laughing really loud. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are. And he blows green smoke in his face. And he says, well, your body will be. They'll find it down by one of the docks in a day or two, all bloated with the skin bleached just right. They'll waste a few weeks trying to prove it's not me. Enough time for me to set everything in place for my big goodbye. I'm planning on some travel. I think I need a vacation. And um, that's it. The guy starts the the guys the guys jokerized and um, a joker's laughing a little bit and says, "Okay, then let's get you pretty." He smears some lipstick on it, and uh, he goes, "That's very very good." To be continued in punchline number one. So I did not know it was coming. Same. Hmm. I hope it, it's just a one shot. Yeah. Hopefully, um, it's not like a mini or maxi ongoing. We don't need that. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, and if they do, it should only be a regular size three issue mini arc. Yes. Um, but in in any case, um, where were you at with this, Anthony? Overall, how did you feel about Batman 100? Iffy, good and bad. Um, I don't like it how the Joker, like, 
I was glad that the Joker got a few stabs on him, but before then, I didn't like how the Joker could like stand his own. Like, no, that shouldn't happen. It, it just shouldn't. Batman should be able to easily just dominate him, and he had a few punches that he should have just easily could have just knocked the Joker out. Um, the art, the art is just stellar throughout this entire run, and this issue just proves it. This we didn't have as many gray like splash pages like we have in the past but hey that's fine um i like how the team is coming together we see orko back which is great it's just the ending was just my opinion just a little bit of a eh. besides that i love what we see with holly love the dialogue hope we see that again more and see what kind of dialogue we see with her as she interacting with the other bat family characters um with the like the after credit scene or so, uh, what what you call it? That's probably my favorite part of this issue is just his interaction with Clown Hunter. I thought that was great. I loved every minute of it, every dialogue, every panel. I cannot wait until the next issue, only to see what happens next. I love how Clown Hunter was with the Batman. He didn't piss his pants. He didn't freak out. He wasn't, oh my God, it's a Batman. Oh my God. He just kept calm, collective. Right there, I have a feeling that this guy is going to be a threat only because of how he was. He he just kept his cool, which is like, that says a lot about how you are. Because, hey, you know, it's the Batman, okay? It's not like... Superman was like, oh, hey, cool, what's up, man? This guy, Batman, he makes people piss their pants. He makes people shit themselves. People get freaked out. Yes, they do. With that last, after crossing, I don't know. I just, I, this doesn't have me excited for Punchline issue one. That's for sure. I don't know what it was. It just didn't. Thing, I am curious to see what the Joker looks like now because his face was his face was covered. He got shot in the head, which it looked like a shotgun that shot him. If so, oh, that was an uh, that was a that was an assault rifle. It was with, right. yeah, it's an assault rifle, but um, it it shot him in the eye, man. It shot his damn eye out. It for yeah, sure so did. Curious to see how what he looks like next time. So hopefully next time we see him, they do change up his face a little bit. Yeah, I'm hoping so, man. Like, if we see him looking fine, looking good, looking like always, with two eyes, I'm like, did you not reissue Batman 100? Because I either tell us he fixed his face somehow or something. Just mention it. Mention the shot. Right. Mention it or draw it. Well, I'm with you on that one now. So what did you rate it? Rating it, I'm probably going to give this a... Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Oh, yeah. If so, it didn't have the last um, stories with the last last after credit, I probably would give it an eight out of ten. But it does. So that does conflict the, the score. This should not have been a triple size issue. All right. Well, I um, I rated it a whole lot higher than you did. Um, <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. I, uh, I loved the the way that it ended. Um, I loved Batman. Um, I I loved Harley getting her 
her final step towards independence and uh, and separating herself from the Joker. Mm-hmm. I loved um, Batman finally being put into a place where he really had to choose between 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 his moral code and doing what's right. And he chose finally he chose doing what's right. And th- this is just growth that I've wanted from Batman for such a long time. Um, the art start to fucking finish. Um, almost every panel could be hung up in my room. Uh, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I didn't mind the oversized issue because I felt like it read through so quickly. Um, I feel like the Clown Hunter story could have been left as a few pages of another issue, but ultimately its inclusion didn't bother me because this is supposed to be the wrap up of the Joker war and the clown hunter was a prominent part of the Joker war, even as a side character. And then finally um, the last little bit is showing what's going to happen to Joker and punchline, which is not something we usually get. Usually it's just, he disappears and we never see from him again. And it looks as though we're actually going to get follow up. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued because that's not something we've ever, we've ever been given before. Um, my problems with it were the silliness that was coming out of undead Alfred's mouth and the fact that Joker could stand, um, toe to toe with the Batman. Um, but ultimately, overall, I absolutely loved it. Those two things, um, the 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 two problems that I have could be explained away by misunderstanding plot devices. Uh, the, the the undead people all did talk shit to Batman, so maybe they were somehow programmed to do that. And there's a chance that Batman, like he was saying to Harley wasn't trying to win the fight. He was trying to wait for his family to get there so that he could get Alfred away while uh, keeping the Joker lampooned. And um, so wow, ultimately, I was dead. He could had the last second he was talking to Oracle and, 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 and was saying that she, or she was, wow. she was saying that to him. But in any case, um, uh, they they just it, they weren't that big of a problem for me, and uh, again, man, I loved it. It was written well, the dialogue was well, the narration was not heavy at all. Um, just gorgeous, 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 man. I'm giving this a nine point two five out of ten. You said nine out of ten. A nine point two five out of 10. ooh nine point two five. Yeah, nine and a quarter. Um. I just, I, I, damn man, I just loved it so much. <laughs> uh, I hope it continues on this way. Um, now, uh, I'm throwing this up on Anthony. Anthony hasn't had any time to pre- prepare for this. It was something Not we talked bit. about doing. Uh, <laughs> it was something that we talked about doing prior, but uh, we we never officially made the decision to do it. So we're just going to throw it in now because it's a light week and it won't take us long to go ahead and do so. It is time to pick our top three books of the week and and our favorite panel slash moment. Uh, given that we only reviewed four, <laughs> four books. That, that's, that's a pretty easy uh, task to go with. Um, my top 
my top three are at the at the top. It's of course it's going to be Batman one hundred, followed by Hope at World's End number eleven, and then rounding that up would be Justice League uh, fifty four. Um, I don't even want to ever remember reading Young Justice nineteen. My exactly. favorite moment, and this is super cheesy. It's super cheesy, but my favorite moment that happened in this week's book. And yeah, and I mean, it was just every, every, it was 150% fan service. But that shot of Batman smashing the cowl off of the Joker's face oh. and saying, You're not a bat. Ah, dude, I was like, <laughs> The little kid in me giggled so hard. I man, loved it, man. Look. Yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. really gorgeous. So those are my top three, and that is my favorite panel slash moment of the week. Do you got something prepared you might be able to? Well, of course. Top book is Young. No, I'm um, <laughs> In this order, it's going to be um, Deceased, followed by Batman, and then Justice League. Now, to pick my favorite moment, it's really it's tough because I do have a few just on top of my head. I'm like, oh, man, this is a great moment. Whether it could have been, this is going to be a tie. Um, so I'm going to do a cheap shot by doing a tie. All right. Um, that's fair. You didn't have any time to prepare. So. <laughs> I'm have the, um, and deceased, just the mo just, um, just what Ty says to, um, Cassie saying how much now that she respects her and all that her opinion on her is different. And then her response is just perfect. It's like, oh, thank yeah. you. Wait, what did you think of me before? That, just, that, I, I laughed. So I was like, <laughs> That, okay, that was that pretty was good, good, man. That was a pretty good one. All right, and then next, next oh, one. Will, oh, gotcha. Next one is in Batman 100. And it's just, just the first introduction of Clown Hunter. Just what he says. Um, right when he says his name. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, when Batman says your name is, what is it? Um, Peo Pim? Is that uh, who pronounced yeah, it? Bao Fam. Bao Bow fam, got yeah. you. And he, his response is, "Your name is Dirk Wingleton." <laughs> Dirk <is>. Wingleton. <laughs> it's just like when I read that, I was like, "Damn, dude, you're not afraid. You're not petrified. You, you just, you just how things are," which tells me that you are fucked up. Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, you po you you pointing that out. I mean, that would even give a little bit even more credence to uh, suggesting that that scar on his head is from a head injury. Mm -hmm. It's he's he's just he's got diminished reasoning, um, which makes me, which I myself is a little bit scared of Clown Hunter because if he just how he is, like, okay, if your comments can be, what are you capable of? Because in yeah. even in the joke what we see him fighting, we see him ha standing his ground. It was like yeah, with with damn. not just little tiny dudes or a couple mm -hmm. at a time. I mean, there were a couple panels where we saw him taking on like four, five, six guys. Uh, Clown Hunter sixteen and and, and possibly brain damage, possibly uh, developmentally uh, um, uh, damaged. Uh, prohibited from that head injury and he's still a bad mamma jamma and maybe the head injury is what allows that to happen because like you mentioned he's not scared of batman so if he's not scared of batman and he's not scared of those clowns he's probably not scared of anything 
which, oh, man. So the head injury robbed him of fear. You ask, what is he capable of? If if he doesn't have fear, he's capable of anything. Mm -hmm. It just blew me away when I read that. I was like, damn, like you are just straight ass. I cannot wait to see what you can do next, where DC takes you. Hopefully, after James is done with Batman, you still stick around, and hopefully the next writer, or even other writers in the books, see you and still want to write you and just increase how you are. Yeah, and you're you know, a new character too. Yeah, he is, and you know, as long as, as long as it still um, makes sense for the character to keep going on, and we don't just get a bunch of fluff, then mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, man. Just keep it coming, keep it coming. All right, Anthony, is there anything else that you wanted to get into this week? Boom, boom. No, unfortunately, this week was like a light week. It's unfortunately next week. uh, We have quite a bit of books. We have um, Death Metal issue four. All right. And, 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 and a few more. Um, Also coming up this week, we're going to be going over volume one issues, one through four of Donnie Kate's paybacks. So, uh, Stay tuned to our Patreon for that. Um, So as always, uh, thank you, Anthony. Guys, everybody, that is the show. Uh, Thanks for listening. Remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact either me or Anthony at any time. We're on Twitter. We've got email. You can find us anywhere. We love talking to people about this stuff and all kinds of other stuff. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcasts that ends with an S for early and additional content. Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto.